Hi, I'm Miranda. And I'm Stephanie. We've been friends for more than 15 years. I live in Ottawa. And I live in Winnipeg. I'm raising two girls. And I'm raising two boys. We're both wives and working moms who do our best to make it all work and to enjoy our empowered lives. We think feminism is still a work in progress in our homes, our workplaces, and our politics. And we love to learn, especially from other women. So we started Women Don't Do That to talk about issues women care about today and to inspire us to do whatever it is we think we can't do. Bonnie Moak is the co-founder and host of the podcast, Run It Like a Girl. Going into its third season, the podcast is a forum for telling stories of remarkable women from a variety of fields. As a passionate advocate for the advancement of women, Bonnie tells these stories to inspire others to rise up, be bold, and go for what they want. Bonnie is also a marketing and brand professional with over 15 years of experience working in professional services in the not-for-profit sector. As a leader, Bonnie works to inspire her team to bring their best to work every day. Her passion is building teams and watching people grow and excel in their own careers. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be here. We've been planning this over a few months. So exciting uh, to be talking to each other. Absolutely. I'm really excited about this. So Bonnie is a podcaster and I think somebody had passed it along to me shortly after we had started ours and said, have you heard about this one? And uh, eventually I got in touch and said, hey, I bet you the people who listen to our podcast are interested in your podcast. So we thought that we would do a podcast switch and uh, talk about our podcast and also our professional lives. I'm really happy to have you here. Oh, I'm so excited. I was, I was so happy to hear from you as well. And, and you have a great podcast and I do agree. I think, I think it's probably very similar audiences. So I just, I love your style of interview. Um, so yeah. So thanks again for reaching out. It's been really great. I've been catching up on some of the most recent ones and uh, it is fascinating. And, and I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but we clearly both just love to learn from other women and it is such a privilege to be able to do that. Absolutely. We like to kick things off by asking people what motivates them to live their best life. So that is, that is such a huge question and I, I love it. Um, but I think, you know, for me, I think it really, it almost buckets into three things. Um, so for me, I grew up in rural Ontario. I am a country girl by heart, but I moved to the city with my husband, who is also a rural Ontario boy. And, you know, in order to actually, you know, our, we had a plan, we had a five-year plan. It was working for five years, get all the experience we can and get out and get back to rural Ontario. Ten years later, we, we, we did it um, and we came back. Um, and I think just for us, in order to really be living our, my best life, I have to be in the country. I can't be in the city. I love Toronto. Toronto is an amazing city. And I'm really fortunate because I still work in Toronto, but I work a mixture of remote from home and in the office. COVID, of course, changed all of that. And uh, I'm 100% remote now, which I guess can be considered a, a small blessing from, uh, from COVID to be able to spend time with your family. Um, but for me also, you know, I just, I drive so much energy, uh, from the people I interact with, whether it's friends, family, the women we profile on our podcast, um, I get a new bound of energy and a new, new idea sparked almost every time I, I talk to someone. 
And then, and then thirdly, and this is probably from coming from a two hour each way train trip that I used to take into Toronto is I live for motivational Ted talks. Um, Mm. I, I love them. Like you think about Amy Cuddy or Sheryl Sandberg, General Stanley McChrystal, if you've ever heard his is amazing on leadership. And so really to help me motivate my best life is I get the motivation from women, men who are just doing amazing things. And it makes me want to do those kind of things too. Oh, I love that so much. I don't know that we have talked about this before because you and I have had a phone call before, but I am also from rural Ontario. So I can really um, appreciate that that background and, and what it brings to you when you have to move to the city, the new things you have to learn, which is maybe surprising to some people, you know, creating new contexts. I don't know about you, you work in brand marketing. Like I didn't know the job that I do existed you know, living where I lived. So uh, it certainly changes your perspective on things when you've had that kind of a background. Oh, I certainly, uh, growing up, did not know that this kind of career existed. I, I mean, I lived in the city for, for a long time. But, you know, the funniest thing I found is my boys were both born in Toronto. And when I would come visit my parents, the sounds of crickets scared them. And they'd be in their room at night and, and all these noises. And I was like, what are you, sirens? You know, nothing. That didn't phase them at all. But right. the sounds of silence and crickets and country life, yes. it's totally weird. I was like, I have city boys. Yes. <laughs> I find the exact same thing. And my husband and I are both from the same area. We're both from the country and our kids have been raised in the city. And yeah, when we go home, I'm like, how are you, my kids? Like, it's just, it is, it is very interesting. So um, lots more to talk about another time we can, we can, dive into all of that. So you have your own podcast. It's called Run It Like a Girl. What inspired you to create your podcast? So, you know, honestly, um, I was inspired through a program um, at my work. So I work for PwC Canada, which is a a very large, one of the uh, largest um, uh, firms for professional services in the world globally. I work in Canada and they have a program uh, called the Women in Leadership Program where they take, you know, women who, who um, who are doing well in their careers and they really put them through this program to try to help give them opportunities to really grow within their career. And one of the parts of that program is they brought women in to tell their stories, their career stories. And again, it's, it's where I get my, uh, my, my drive, just hearing these women's stories. And they, some of them were so incredible, you know, coming from really humble beginnings and, and pushing through all sorts of different kind of barriers, you know, being female only being one of them, um, which is obviously also a, a barrier for, mm-hmm. for a lot of people. But um, I just, I found the story so interesting. And I remember um, the person that used to kind of sponsor or lead the program saying that like, you should be taking from this program and doing something with it when you're done. So I thought, what can I do to try to give back um, the, this amazing opportunity that I had to go through this six month program back to, to people. So one of the things I did is I thought I'm going to start a podcast, but I'm not just going to focus on business people. I'm going to focus on women from all different fields that are doing all different remarkable things um, and really try to tell their stories as a point of inspiration for others. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And yes, we're, we're on the same page there. <clears throat> I also love what you said about taking action because that's a, a big thing um, that I'm very committed to is not just so you hear something, but doing things about it and kind of stepping up and making it happen. So um, it's so refreshing to hear that as well. And just, you know, your willingness to share those stories. And it's interesting because you and I have both interviewed people across different sectors. And even when you interview everyday people, like one of our most listened to podcasts has been a stay-at-home mom. And 
there is so much wisdom from her and from different people's situations. It's great to talk to the presidents of companies and they have a lot to add, but just in everyday life too, there's just so much depth and wisdom we can get. So I love, I love that. What awesome. Are, I, and absolutely right. Like, um, if what's right for you, sorry, pardon me. Didn't mean yeah. to go, go <laughs> ahead. Sorry. You there. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, uh, it's what's right for you, right? It's, it's the, it's the path that you're on and it's not the same as someone else's path. So whether you're a president or a stay at home mom, the value is there in both. I love it. What goals do you hope to achieve with your podcast? So, you know, I, I was thinking about this one. Um, and really our, our goal was point one to inspire women and young women to do what they want to do, to be brave, to be bold, to take chances, and to see what they could do out there. Um, my podcast partner, who's my brother, he's a teacher, he's raising three girls. Um, for him, it was how can he inspire the, the young women that he teaches and his daughters to know that they can do whatever they want to do. Um, and there are no barriers that they, there, there's nothing that can stop them except what they how they stop themselves. So I think some of these women and what they talk about and how they overcame their barriers, um, really it was one, first and foremost, it was inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and second, it was kind of selfish. I just, I, I love hearing the stories. I love uh, talking about them. So I figured other people might too, like yourself. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. That's awesome. Before we talk more about the podcast, I wanted to dive in a little bit to your professional career and what you do when you're not podcasting. So as you said, you work at PwC, which is PricewaterhouseCoopers, and you work in brand marketing. So can you tell us a little bit about your career path? Sure, absolutely. Um, and it's funny because I, I've always been jealous of those people that knew what they wanted to be from the time they went and they worked hard and they did it. Um, but that was not me. Uh, I still really don't know what I want to be um, <laughs> when I grow up, but... Um, so I started my career actually, uh, in the not-for-profit industry, working for arts organizations, still in a marketing capacity, but the arts and performing arts specifically was kind of a passion of mine. And, um, I was so lucky to get to work, uh, an amazing organization called Factory Theater in Toronto, which is a professional, uh, mid-sized theater company that focuses solely on Canadian work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, uh, an amazing time, but as I approached kind of the end of my time and I moved to a different arts organization, I started, um, I didn't, I started not wanting to go see as many shows or participating in as many things. It was becoming work. Um, so I thought if I want to keep up my love for performing arts, I don't think I can do this for my career. Mm-hmm. So I decided to, to try something new and it ended up being PWC actually, um, and there I really, I started as a, um, a marketing specialist. So, you know, a fairly junior role supporting marketing managers, um, and then worked my, my way up through various paths, um, to, you know, to manager and senior manager. And, uh, in my current role, I lead brand for Canada. So that's really about how is PwC positioned in the marketplace? Um, how are we ensuring that that amazing brand that PwC is, um, stays strong and stays healthy? So I work with a, a team of people and we, you know, it includes our, our content editorial people. So the people that write our thought leadership. So the words that they're using and how they're positioning um, our subject matter experts to um, our alumni program. So people that have worked at PwC and left, how are we maintaining those relationships? Uh, so really it's, it's relationship marketing, it's relationship building. Uh, and it's, it's great. It's a great opportunity. I work with some really amazing people and, uh, and I'm very happy to be there. And I'm happy that they give me the opportunity to live the, my life the way I need to, to work for my family, being both kind of a remote and in-person um, 
experience or opportunity. Yeah, that's amazing uh, to have to work for a company that allows that type of flexibility. I also loved how you explained what you do because there'll be lots of people that was like, what's brand marketing or, or what does that mean? And even just sometimes the words that, that we use, other people, if you're not in the sector, won't know. So that's really helpful. Thank you very much. Have you found in your field that you faced any barriers because of your gender? So, you know, it's interesting that you say that because actually if you look at marketing, marketing is, is one area where there are probably more females than males in the profession. Even if I look at, uh, at my team being, you know, marketing and, and, you know, our marketing leader is a female, which is amazing. And, um, we, uh, my director is also a female and that's pretty awesome. But what you find for a lot of marketing is that it's predominantly female until you get to the very top and the very top is a male. And I always find that curious because I'm like, where'd they come from to get up there um, when there's all these really remarkable women <laughs> on the floor, right? Like, um, I think I have, I think there's only, I, I mean, I'm probably wrong, but like in core marketing, maybe three, four men within the team. Um, so I don't think I have faced barriers as a woman in my professional life. Where I think it comes into play is, is how you position yourself for opportunities for advancement. Um, I just think it's ingrained um, a lot, at least in me. And I think I can say, you know, I think research shows that, you know, women don't necessarily go for promotion until they're hundred percent ready. They're willing to, to be more risk taking, you know, they have 60% of a qualification. So ah, I can do this. Whereas the women still like, well, I need to get that, you know, other 40% before I'm willing to take the, the plunge. So for me, and, and that's just because the industry I'm in, it hasn't played as large of a role as it plays in other organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, if you look at a company like PwC on the whole, they're working very hard to ensure that there are more women represented at leadership level because they're absolutely, um, it's, you know, it can be predominantly men. And uh, as an organization, PwC is actually taking a stand saying they want to change that, which is great. And most of the organizations have, um, but it's how do you get the qualified people up there, right? So mm -hmm one thing we talk about a lot is what happens with women when they reach kind of mid career while they're also probably a child at that time where they might be starting their family and having children. And that's where we finally lose people, right? As they go out of the workforce for a few years to have babies while the men continue to, to do their jobs. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so my perspective is probably a little bit different being in marketing, but mm -hmm. I certainly see it in the women that I uh, interview in the fields that they're in and the challenges that they face. Yes. Because they're female. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause again, it comes back just to people's different professional experiences because I've worked in places where it's mainly men. And then also in places where it's mainly women, where for, for most people, it's quite a positive experience. And, you know, if you've worked at the same place for most of your career, then you might not even know what some of the experiences are for women in other sectors, which is why I love um, the podcasts that the two of us are doing, which uh, hopefully change some of those perspectives and, and give women some of that, the gutso to kind of make some of their own steps to push forward. Yes. What is the best career advice that someone ever gave you? Um, I think, you know, when I think about uh, career advice and the best career advice that I ever received, I think it was around saying yes to opportunity. Mm -hmm. So back to that, I always wanted to be 100% prepared before I took on something. But just to kind of like throw that to the wind, see what you can do, uh, challenge yourself, um, and 
don't sit quietly by. Make sure that your voice is heard. Make sure you have a voice at the table. And don't be afraid to express your opinion. And don't be afraid to let people see what it is that you actually can do. That's a great answer. I love that saying yes. One of the things that I often encourage women to do before they say no to, to a job is start to write the cover letter. Letter. Uh, it's interesting. There was a job that I wanted at one point and I was like, oh, I want it. I want it. I was working hard for it. And then when the position became available, I was like, oh, I'm not qualified. <laughs> Then I started writing the cover letter and was like, no, I am qualified. And just like writing out that experience or the transferable skills that can get you the experience that you need helped boost uh, my confidence. So that's kind of one trick uh, that I have recommended to other people. But I, I love that answer. And, and uh, I remember listening to you being interviewed on your podcast from your sister and you were saying the same thing about across the board with so many women that, that leaning in and saying yes and just taking that chance is sometimes what's required. And it's not easy. No, it's not easy. But, you know, like if you, if you don't apply, you know you're not getting the job. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. At least if you put your hand in and you might not get the job. I've applied for many jobs that I, haven't, that I haven't got, but each one has been an experience that I can take away from me, you know, whether it's through the interview process or, or just, you know, the feedback that you receive. So I think, I think it also ties into not being afraid of failure or rejection. Absolutely. Um, and being able to tell your own story, because unless you do, like you said, you practice, you try, every time you do that, you're honing more like what your messaging is, but what you're good at, what your skill sets are. And if you know what they are, then it's a lot easier to promote yourself in those conversations, which is something that women often struggle with. So we've talked a little bit about advice that someone else gave you. What advice would you give to someone else? You know, my, my advice is, well, I, I have two pieces of advice. One is figure it's okay if you don't know what you want to be. Uh, as I said, I don't know what I want to be. And with that comes some excitement. You can try different things. You can put your hand up for different opportunities. It's okay not to have a career path formed for you. It's okay to take a deviation off of your career path. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to try new things. If an opportunity comes up within your organization that isn't you know, necessarily in your career uh, trajectory, but might provide you with a learning experience or to build new skills, don't be afraid to not try it. There's no race to the finish line, right? Like we're all going to the same place and it doesn't matter how you get there. It's not a race. So really concentrate on what it means to you and what you want to do. And don't worry about what other people think or that maybe it's not where you thought you'd be. Just try to live more in the moment and try to take experiences that you're going to learn from and that is going to help you grow both as a professional and personally. Um, and I know I said two things, but I think that's pretty much the advice mm -hmm. I would give. <laughs> I love that. because It's so true because when you look at certainly if somebody's expectation or desire is to grow in their career and become in more senior positions, you often think, oh, I need to be an expert at what I'm doing now. But in those bigger positions, you're often leading different departments. So having different kinds of expertise is a huge asset. And also you might find something else that you love. So that was a really great answer as well. Lots of good advice in there for people. You're also a busy working parent. Do you have advice for people who are trying to you know, increase in their career and have kids at home and just doing all the things? 
that um, you can't be everything to everyone all the time. So pick your moments that matter, right? Like, so, you know, there are things that if I want to increase my career, I want to, you know, go for that promotion that I might have to miss that are happening in my kid's life, but you have to really hone in. And someone said this to me once and I've carried it with me is really hone in on what matters. So, you know, for my son, if it matters more than anything that I show up for his hockey game, that is where I'm going to be. I might have to miss, you know, his recital or something else, but what really matters to him and where does he want me to be present in his life? And then also when you're there, be there. Um, I think there's, you know, so often we're thinking about work after we shut it down. We're thinking about a hundred different things. Um, and your kids really, all they want is your attention. And I can see it already. My kids are, you know, one's going to be 11 and the other one's nine. Uh, there's not that many years before they're going to want to be out with their friends and they're going to be doing things. And I'm going to be the one that's, you know, begging for attention or, or really wanting to be there with them. So you don't have to be everything to everyone. You have to pick the moments that matter, both from a career perspective, as well as a personal perspective. I think that's really great advice because life is just so busy. And so if you can hone it in on what's really important and prioritize, and I think COVID has given people a different kind of opportunity to do that. And uh, I think that's, that's really good advice for people because you can't be all things like you said, and uh, you will kill yourself trying (laughs) if you try to do it. Yes, for sure. And then you're not any good to anyone, either professionally or personally. Yes, Um, absolutely. Yeah. And it's hard. And COVID has just thrown a, I mean, uh, you would know, you have kids um, being at home, not in school, trying to work. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, And while, you know, the, the small blessings of being able to be with your family more, it's also that you are a unit and it's hard. It's hard when they're you're together a hundred percent of the time and, and, uh, and you're trying to do so many different things. Uh, it's, it's, it's been, uh, an interesting, uh, last several months. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I know. I feel like so many of us, it's just, just stay above water, just even, even just slightly. Yeah. It's, uh, as we were talking about earlier, just a crazy time. I want to dive more into talking about the podcast. Can you share some of the aha moments you have had with your guests? Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I think we ask uh, one question to absolutely everyone. And it's basically, um, if you could sit down and have a conversation with a younger version of yourself, what advice you would give, would you give? And the aha moments for me have been is that nobody has said, be more cautious, you know, be, be a little bit more afraid. Everyone talks about you should be bolder. You should be, um, don't be afraid of what people think. Uh, be proud of who you are. Those are all themes that come throughout. And that's a real aha moment to me because it tells me that whether I'm a CMO of a big bank or an aerospace engineer, um, a nurse, the themes are the same among the majority of the women that we have interviewed. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to not being afraid to go for what you want. And to me, that's the big, all of us, when we look back, you're not going to think about what you, what you didn't do, right? It's the things that you did. You're not going to regret trying. You're not going to regret taking opportunity or taking risk. And I think that was a huge aha moment for me. Um, and also just, and I'm sure you've heard of imposter syndrome where, you know, you, you wonder when people are going to figure out that maybe you're not as capable as they seem to think you are. But uh, the majority of women do have that. And it doesn't matter how high up they are in their career or where they're at. 
they all seem to battle it. Yeah. Um, and some have figured out how to do that very in a very capable way. Um, but it still seems to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. in most of the women that I've chatted with. I love that people and women are being open about those issues because I think it does help the younger women be able to see themselves in them because when you're young, you just think, oh, they're perfect. They didn't make a mistake. They were never nervous. They were never scared. You always see people on their A game. And I know something that you're also passionate about is authentic leadership where leaders can really be themselves. And when they are able to be more themselves, then it does allow younger people, younger women to be able to see themselves reflected in those roles absolutely for sure what are your top three played episodes can you tell us a little bit about those interviews absolutely so the first is actually she's she's received i think three four times more more downloads than any other episode and um her name is erica oliver uh she's a a combat engineer in the canadian military so i think she was basically she was one of the very first i think she's second woman from the ranks um, to get her combat engineering coin, I think I think they call it, and she's just one of the most inspirational people I have ever met. You know, mm-hmm. she talks about um, being in the military and, and driving one day and seeing these people come out of the water, like kind of like you would in a movie, you know, with like Navy SEALs or American, I know, but like or whatever. Um, and she just said to the person next to her, "I, I want to do that. How do I do that?" And she was basically told, "You can't do that. There, no women do that. You cannot do that." Um, and I think for her, that was the motivation to yep. say, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> uh-huh. That would be me. And, I'd be like, you just watch me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and mm-hmm. she's, uh, she's taken different paths in her career as well. She's done tours in Afghanistan, um, which obviously there's, uh, so she's, you know, she's just an incredible, incredible woman. And her story is so remarkable in the, what she had to overcome to get to where she was, how fit she had to be, how, you know, she had to stand right up there with the boys and show them that she could do it just as well as they can with yes. people telling her that they didn't want her to. Right. So it, she's incredible. Um, and I think probably one of my favorite episodes and the favorite, uh, the most, one of the most inspirational women I've had the pleasure of meeting. Um, the second, and I love also that my top three are completely different careers. So the second is Betsy Chung, who is the senior vice president and chief marketing officer of TD Canadian Banking. Um, also an incredible woman. And what I love about her is, uh, you know, she wasn't afraid to say yes to opportunity and also how much of a champion she is for diversity and inclusion. When you talk to her, authentic leadership just oozes out of her. You can tell that she cares about her people. You can tell that she cares about what she's doing and just how she's also a mother and how she's figured out how to be an executive and to be a mom. I just thought that was super cool. And then the third most uh, played is uh, Miriam McHale, who is an aerospace engineer George for the Canadian Space Agency. And well, I mean, that's just a pretty cool job. So, yes. you know, she's a project manager there. And, and I mean, she's an engineer. She, she has her aerospace engineering degree and just the discipline approach she took to her schoolwork and to her studies mm-hmm. um, to be able to accomplish the goals and what she wanted to do. And to now to be able to say that you work for the Canadian Space Agency, I just, I love uh I loved her level headed. Uh, that's not really a word, but I, I loved how she approached uh, her goals hmm. and the determination that she also placed um, where she wanted to be. Um, so those are the top three, and they're all they're all really great, uh, great women. Um, and it was yeah, they're just they've got their own unique stories, which is cool. Yes, I I love how you said like they're from different disciplines, which is also fascinating. What is one episode that maybe isn't in the top three, but you think is really important for people to listen to? Uh-huh. So 
this episode, you know, and it did well. It just, it's just not in the top three, but uh, her name is Bonnie Cairns. Um, and she's a born storyteller. Um, <laughs> she's actually, I'm actually named after her. She's my cousin, but um, she's, she's a nurse. She went back to school, I think in her late thirties, I want to say to become a nurse. Um, but when she wasn't working, she volunteered for the Red Cross um, as a disaster relief nurse. So she has been deployed all over the world. She was down at um, World Trade Center during 9-11. Um, she was there in Afghanistan. She's been to Haiti uh, for the earthquake. Um, she's just been all over the world. And it's just her ability to tell stories and to leave you just so inspired by what she's seen, you know? And as she says, she has seen the absolute best and the absolute worst in humanity. Right. Um, you know, and I, I just, I can't imagine, you know, one of the stories she tells is about being uh, in, in New York City afterwards and a police officer coming up to her and finding out she was Canadian and asking why she would take the time to come all the way from Canada down to New York to help her, to help them. And, you know, she said, well, wouldn't, wouldn't you, if, if it was reversed, wouldn't you come and, and help us? Um, and he said, yes, he would. And then he left and he came back a little while later and he gave her his patch from his uniform. Um, and I just think she's just an incredible storyteller. She's an incredible woman. She's just so giving of her, uh, of her time. And, and she's also, <laughs> the Red Cross just changed the, the limit. It used to be at 70 years old, you were no longer allowed to do international deployments to the Red Cross. Well, they've changed it to 80. She's um, in her early 70s. So she is still doing this even now. Um, and I just think it's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, that is incredible. That's an incredible story. So I hope people will listen to that episode as well. What is next for Bonnie? Oh, you know, it's, it's so funny. I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, and, and what is next? What do I even want to do with the podcast? What do I mm. see for my future? Um, right now, I, I have a pretty balanced life. I'm very fortunate of where I work. But I'm always thinking about what is the next opportunity or the next thing I want to grab onto? And, and what can I can I learn about? Um, right now, I'm starting to teach a little bit. So I'm teaching a course uh, this fall in terms of um, actually production around, around podcasts and um, as well as videos and, and, and things like that. I'm doing it with my, my brother, my co-founder. Um, and I've really started focusing more on my writing. Um, so it came about through the podcast, but uh, um, yeah. So I guess it is, is through the podcast and it was just an interesting opportunity. I've never taught like that before. My brother's a teacher, so he, he obviously will be able to help really form the, the content. But um, again, that's about kind of trying to say yes to something that you might not be totally comfortable with. So if people are interested in that, where would they find more information? Ah, uh, well, it's so brand new. I don't think there is information out yet, okay. but it's a course that's going to be offered through, um, through Hastings County, which is the county that we live in. Okay. Um, so it's basically geared at small business people who are trying to uh, expand on what they're doing in terms of how they're promoting their, their businesses and things like that. And being, you know, podcast video as kind of a channels that they can use for their business. So it's kind of taking my marketing and my, uh, my podcast together. That's fantastic. It is interesting. It sounds like you have the perspective of constantly learning, right? Which is, I think where you come into the, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up because you're constantly evolving and wanting to learn new things. And I'm the exact same way. So that's why I feel like I can describe it back to you. And COVID changes things, right? There's been a lot of opportunity for thought and 
you know, when, whether you're looking at short term or long term, um, there's some neat opportunities and some things you might want to change. So it is a fascinating time to kind of consider what's next. And if you are somebody who loves to learn and keep pushing forward, then the what's next question is always there, I find. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with that. You know, like even for me, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to be taking a course this fall. I just, I always, you got, I don't know what is at the end, but I know what's in little chunks of where I want to go. Um, which I think, and you're right, this has given an opportunity and we are going to launch season three this fall. So we are going to continue with our podcast, which is exciting as well. Yes. So I want to close off by asking you the questions that we like to ask all of our guests. And is there anything you want to add before we jump into them? No, I think that's good. I think okay. I'm good. Sounds good. So what is the best rule you ever broke? <laughs> this is so funny. So my whole life, I have been a rule follower. And believe me, it's not because I don't want to break the rules. It's because I'm afraid of getting caught. Um, so I think, well, it's not exactly a rule. I have worked very hard on not putting too much weight into what people think think about me and not being afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, not sticking to the norm or not sticking to what is expected of me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's amazing the opportunities that it'll open up if you aren't constantly worrying about the outcome or what people think. Like, I don't want to break that rule because I don't want to get caught. And then someone thinks badly of me because I broke that rule, right? Once you kind of throw that away, um, I think that it frees you. Um, boundaries and expectations stifle the best work in my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, so professionally, I know my best work comes out when I'm working for people who want me to challenge myself, who want me to try things and take risks. That's where I'm at my peak and where I do my best. Right. And that's spilled over into my personal life. I think if I were to look back five or six years ago, I never would have started Run It Like a Girl. I would have been afraid of rejection, like asking mm -hmm. people to be my guests and, oh my gosh, what if they say no? Um, or what people thought of the podcast itself and me talking because I, I don't, don't like, you know, oh my gosh, I'm talking and people can hear that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what if I say something stupid, which happens so much, but um, it gives you freedom when you try to stop caring about that. But for me, it's mm -hmm. a constant kind of, so that's the rule, I guess, trying to mm -hmm. stay away from the norm and challenging myself. I love that. And I, I would challenge people who are managers to create those kinds of environments because when you're able to have a team that doesn't look at everything the same way, this is how it's always been done. Things are changing so fast with technology and all kinds of things, especially now that there always is a more efficient, a different, a new way that could have some value and just shoving people into a box of what has been doesn't, doesn't get you to move forward. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. What is your most valuable habit that was hardest to create? <laughs> so this one, uh, and it actually is absolutely my most valuable habit is getting up early. Um, I'm failing right now, by the way, I'm on vacation. I've been on vacation for two weeks. So I'm, uh, I'm not getting up early, um, but I try to get up between five and six every single day. Um, when I'm working, I go for a walk or I'm, I'm trying to, I'm doing this new thing where I'm trying to couch to 5k. So where you go from the couch to running a 5k. Good for you. <laughs> Hey, yeah. So I've been doing that and I try to do it every day and I come back and I sit outside and I have my coffee and the kids aren't even up yet. So it's just, it's time to kind of focus on what's coming ahead for the day um, and get me in the right mindset for my work day or, or weekend family day, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think having that time alone and not just rolling out of bed and starting work or rolling out of bed and starting activities with the kids yes, yes. has really helped me. Yeah. I don't know about you. You might have something to add to this from all of your TED talk listening, but from a lot of 
big leaders, you'll often hear that they read every day or take some time to be quiet and just think. And it's so interesting that the top minds are saying this. And so much of the time I find we're kind of just on the wheel, right? Like running, running little hamsters. Um, yet it is what's needed for like growth and creativity. And um, it's hard to do, but it's really important. Absolutely. And, you know, they say uh, a lot of, a lot of CEOs or a lot of people in big leadership positions get up at four. I can't do four. Four to me is still <laughs> the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that there's something to that, to be able to center yourself before you start work, whether it's through exercising, you know, whatever that reading, having your coffee and quiet, yeah. peaceful time, it really helps you. I will never get to four o'clock. I don't want to wake up at four o'clock, <laughs> but I, I can do between five and six. There you go. <laughs> Can you name another woman that inspires you? Um, so I, I can. You know, and it's interesting. You can talk about, you know, the, the women that inspire millions of people, like the Hillary Clintons, the Michelle Obamas, uh, Cheryl Stanberg, and they certainly inspire me. But when I break it down to, like, who really inspires me, it's, it's two people, if that's okay. But um, one is my mother. Uh, and because she came to Canada on her own from Scotland, and I think that took a lot of guts. You know, Absolutely. her family's in Scotland, and she moved here. But then not only that, when I was in, I think I was in elementary school, she actually had to go back to high school because they didn't mm -hmm. recognize her education from Scotland. So she went to a day school, like she went to high school with high school kids right. um, as a mother in her 30s, um, as a shy woman. And I just think, wow, that took a lot for you to get up and go to school every day. And then she went to college and she went on to become, you know, an, an RPN. And I just, I find so much... Uh, inspiration in her story and, and doing that someone that's very quiet very private um very quite conservative you know like um but to be willing to take those risks to do that to come to canada um mm. to go back to high school to go to college um and not in a traditional path um i just thought that was cool and then the other one which i won't talk much about because i've already talked about her is is bonnie cairns from that episode and hers is just because she's just such an incredible giving uh woman I just, um, I find those two women incredibly inspiring. I love what you said there because it's so true. There's the big people you hear about all the time. And then there's the everyday people who are also so inspiring. So I love that answer. Can you tell us about a book that made you wiser? Yeah. I mean, this one's interesting too. So many books have, have made me wiser, but again, I'm kind of like breaking because I'm, I'm going to say two and I'll be very quick though. But the one I think that I read, I think I read about last summer maybe was, is Rachel Hollis's book, Girl, Wash Your Face. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it really resonated to me because basically she just broke things down into small chunks. And it basically, is, um, I think the, you know, the, how they describe the book is it's 20 lies and misconceptions that two too much that hold us back from living our best lives or something like that right. and I like how she broke it down and talked about why are you worried about that whether you're a good enough mother whether you're fair enough and long in your career whether your weight is where it should be things like that mm -hmm. I just found it um it took humor um it took a really good approach uh of making you think back and think yeah that's pretty silly why am I worried about that yeah. um and then the other one is a book I'm reading now that I've had for a long time, but I lost it. And that's, it's a fictional book. It's called The Huntress by Kate Quinn. She wrote The Alice Network. I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but mm -hmm. the story itself is fiction, but it's based on historical events. Um, and one character, uh, she was a, a navigator and a pilot in World War II for Russia because um, the Russians, uh, they, women were able to fly front line for the, uh, for the military in Russia during World War II while they were trying to kind of combat the German forces who were coming in. Um, and I just think, and they were called the night witches because they'd come in at dark and they'd, they'd bomb the, the wow. enemy, whatever you want to call it. But I just thought, what 
tough, tough women they must have been to be yeah. able to, to do that. So Especially those two books, and Kate Quinn, she's a big author. Any kind of roles at that time, right? Like women taking a stand and not only that, but in that kind of role. Well, that's great. Um, I don't oh. think we've had either of them before, so that will be great for people to check out. All right, everybody, that's our end of our time with Bonnie today, but I want to encourage you guys to check out the podcast. We'll put some details about how to listen and stay in touch in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today, Bonnie. Oh, thank you so much. This has been really good. It's finally great to finally meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to Women Don't Do That. We hope you're inspired to do whatever it is you think you can't do. Find all our podcasts and blog content at womendontdothat.com and stay connected with us on Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next time.